0: Wine. Food. Talk. NapaBroadcasting.com Welcome back to NapaBroadcasting.com. Napa Valley tourism continues on the rise. Those were the headlines a couple of weeks ago as Visit Napa Valley held its semi-annual get-together. It was all good news, but certainly the business itself is not stationary. Where are visitors coming from? How long are they staying? How many hotel rooms can we absorb? Where are they going, and what do they want, and what impact? is the county debate about wineries, visitors, and events having in thinking about the future of visitors to the Napa Valley. We're going to talk about all of this today as I'm joined by Clay Gregory, the CEO of Visit Napa Valley. Clay, thanks so much for coming in.
1: My pleasure, Jeff. Thanks for having us back.
0: It is always great to have you here. I want to start with the, the basic good news. Uh, hotel revenue, tourism is up.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. In fact, we, if you look at the uh, running 12 months through May, uh, which is the latest data that we have, Uh, Total revenue for the last 12 months is up by 7.8 percent, so almost 8 percent. And we had forecast 4.5 percent. And we forecast 4.5 percent before, of course, the earthquake. So to think that we're almost double what we forecasted, even though we had an earthquake, is an amazing thing. So we couldn't be happier.
0: The earthquake really had an immediate effect, but it really seems to have dissipated by this point. It's been more than mitigated. It's my sense of it.
1: For sure, and I think one of the things that I like to talk about because um, I was in the Bay Area for the Loma Prieta earthquake, uh, and and that wasn't that long ago. It was 1989. I just I had actually moved up here to work for Robert Mandavi, my first job up here, and the biggest difference was that there was no internet in 1989, at least not that the the, right. the public could have. I think the the military had the internet at that point, so. No one could tell their story except for national media like CBS and ABC and those kind of things and radio stations. But uh, individuals couldn't use social media. Individuals couldn't go on websites and and tell the story. And so what happened here was that the city of Napa, us, the Vintners, the very next day were telling the message that the vast majority of the valley was open for business. And and it worked. It really, if you you look at the the articles, it went from disaster to open for business in in about three weeks, which we're super proud of.
0: Uh, that's really behind us. One of the things I want to talk about, you know, we a lot of discussion always takes place about visitors coming to the Napa Valley from the Bay Area, various parts of the Bay Area. It's a large percentage of our visitor base. To what extent is our visitor numbers impacted by visitation from outside of this area, of people coming to the Bay Area in general? In other words, as San Francisco visitors go up, as other parts of the Bay Area visitation goes up, is that having a positive effect on us? Absolutely, because
1: the majority of our visitors are what we call day trippers. So they come up for the day, and then they go back to where they're staying or where they're living. And so when San Francisco does well with tourism, then we do well with tourism. We're we're very connected to San Francisco. Mm Now, having said that, from an economic standpoint, uh, day trip visitors are not nearly the most important ones because they don't spend nearly as much money as overnight guests do. And the difference isn't just the lodging part of it because the the overnight guests are paying for lodging. They're also going to more wineries. They're eating at more restaurants. They're having a better experience, too, because they're not just up and back. So even though two-thirds of our visitors are day trippers, the economic impact from overnight guests is about. Uh, 75% of the total economic impact of tourism in uh, Napa County, right. which this, this is this last study that we just did, uh, the 2014 visitor profile study, was a $1.6 plus billion billion dollar um, economic impact on the county.
0: Talk a little bit about how that, that needle is thread. One, wanting to attract visitors in general mm-hmm. and, and tell the Napa Valley story, mm-hmm. but at the same time really wanting to increase the number of overnight stays and, and visitors that really... You're going to spend money and spend multiple nights here?
1: Well, we do uh, all kinds of different marketing efforts, social media. Um, On our website, on other websites, we work with uh, two agencies, uh, advertising agencies. We're working really hard on what's called uh, group sales, which is bringing in meetings that always happen on weekdays, and they spend the night. So those kind of things we're working on. And we're doing some clever things, we think, anyway, from a um, digital marketing standpoint, because culture is changing. And actually, George Gogel from uh, Aubert de Soleil, who's on our board, pointed out that the the people who – work in silicon valley like at google or like oracle they don't have to work five days the regular five days a week anymore so right. they can take a day off and go so we have a couple of little campaigns that say something like that wow that was a tough monday and tuesday take wednesday and thursday off and come up to the napa valley so we're working on making it easier for people to understand that it's a better experience to come up and spend the
0: night what impact does group sales and bringing groups up here, what impact does that have on, on hotels being able to hold their rates for the rest of the visitors?
1: Um, well, it has a big impact, and it also, for some—different some, hotels are driven by different things. So we talked about the Meritage earlier. They're, mm-hmm. they're driven— by group business, and they're very, very successful at it. And some of the other um, hotels like the Westin does a lot of group business. So does the the Marriott. And then there are other hotels which are really leisure hotels. The um, leisure rates end up being higher than what the group rates are because the group rates come in volume, so they get a a discount. And the great thing about the groups is that they all come in on on the weekdays. And so our focus, as you know, has been from the very beginning to work on the need period. So the November through through April period, which we call Cabernet season now, and weekdays versus weekends, and I've got some really good data that shows that th- that effort is paying off.
0: Mm-hmm. There are th- really three, I guess, I mean, maybe more that I'm missing, you'll tell me, but three big hotel projects that are kind of out there right now, the two big Calistoga projects and the Archer. To what extent is that part of your thinking and, and Visit Napa Valley's thinking in terms of the future and knowing that these hotel rooms are going to be coming online?
1: Well, we, we uh, take that into account in a, in a great fashion because there's going to be more rooms, and so that means that we have to do a job to fill those rooms. Um, there's also the, shoot, and I'm going to have a hard time saying it, but it's the new Starwood property up in St. Helena that was the um, Grandview. Right. Yeah. It's the uh, Las La- Cobas, Koba, something like that. Anyway. The Grandview. So the Grandview, <laughs> exactly. And that's going to be a very nice high-end property as well, and that's un, that's well underway. Um, so there's going to be more hotel rooms coming in, and a lot of them are going to be at higher levels. So one of the things that we have worked with the Unincorporated County on is to have a focused uh, marketing effort for the luxury part of the business, because that part of the business recovered by far the slowest coming out of the um, recession. Mm-hmm but yeah so we can't we don't we don't control how many rooms there are that's a free market thing that it will you know take care of itself one way or another um, but we certainly are very conscious in paying attention as to what projects get approved and what projects, more importantly, are funded and are being um, right. built.
0: You certainly have a sense of that. Do developers, and you don't have to you know, name names or anything else, but do developers, do, do people that are thinking of doing hotels come to you and your people and say, you know, how many hotel rooms do you think that the Valley can absorb?
1: <laughs> people do ask us that. And so we, we, we like to turn to our lodging, uh, the folks from lodging on the, who are on our board, like George, like Rick Swig, who, you know, his dad made right. the Fairmont what the Fairmont was at its peak in uh, San Francisco, and now he's a, a hotel consultant. He used to own the Harvest Inn. So we go to those guys who are really in it every single day, and they, they have a much better sense of it than we do. But, you know, there's not a u- universal agreement as to what the right number is. Harry Price, um, who owns and built the, or to built, rebuilt the um, Napa River Inn, still feels strongly that the city of Napa could use close to 1,000 more rooms I probably you know maybe less than that now that we have the Andas and the the archer coming in but other people think that that's too many so it's you know there's no there's no clear cut answer
0: the one big overlay to all of this and I know you talked a lot about it at this uh, event a couple of weeks ago is that the tourism here and this group certainly that you're striving for but even just the normal tourism is no longer as seasonal as it once was.
1: That's absolutely correct, and we've worked really hard on that. Um, The idea from the very beginning when I started was that we we don't we don't spend any meaningful amount of money from May through uh, October. I mean we spend money on getting ready for doing things in Cabernet season and for weekday business, but we don't market anything. Like we love Festival del Sol, but we don't put any money into marketing it. We put it on the website and it's, you know, right. in our listings, but we don't do any advertising. It's July doesn't need any help and it's certainly August, September, and October don't need any help. So we're really focused on that quiet season, and that's, that's, it's, it's working, and you can you know, see it in, in the Valley as to how, how uh, those periods are fuller. And the, the reason that we're, we're so focused on that is because we're not here to put more stress on the infrastructure or on our beautiful environment. We're really here to fill the rooms when they're empty, not try to put right. more in when they're already
0: full. Of course, the other... Part of all of that is that one of the things that has helped, particularly in the winter months, the January, February, March months over the past couple of years, is that there has been so little rain, which is both a blessing and a curse.
1: Well, uh, last year, we would have said that we benefited significantly from the fact that Lake Tahoe had such a poor ski season. But uh, this this year, they also had a poor ski z- season, but our numbers are much higher than they were last year. And so there's some other things going on this year that I think in this this one, well, one, the weather's been really bad in other parts of the season through the winter. So like in Chicago, it was awful. In right. Boston, it was awful. And so I think that you know those folks were more impactful than the people who were missing out on, on skiing in Lake Tahoe. But then I th- really think the other thing, and I don't have any way to know this for sure, But I think that because of all the messaging that was done by lots of different folks in the Valley about being open for business after the earthquake and about just talking about what there was to do in the Valley, I think that had kind of a carryover event. And maybe even some people thought that it would be a good thing to do to come out and visit a a beautiful destination that also had a national or a um, natural uh, uh, tragedy.
0: What impact do we see from other wine regions in California?
1: Well, um, you know, the the two that we track the most in terms of from a lodging and a competitive standpoint are Sonoma, Sonoma. and Monterey, um, but they're very different destinations than we are. Sonoma really doesn't have any luxury lodging, certainly not like we do. Um, the restaurant scene is a completely different restaurant scene. It's much, much lar- larger than we are um, geographically speaking. Um, the, the, the vast majority of their hotels are in the cities of, uh, Santa Rosa and Rohnert Park, very different experiences than what we have. So, you know, our average daily rate is almost exactly double what the average daily rate is in Sonoma. So very different, um, situation there. And in Monterey, Monterey is a much more diverse place. It's about golf and it's, it's about Carmel and it's about, um, the ocean and beaches, and it also happens to be about wine. So we're all, we're all different, and actually we all get along great from a, <laughs> uh, a working together standpoint.
0: As I remember, the number from uh, the event a couple of weeks ago was 80-something percent of the visitors are coming from someplace in the U.S., Which which seems to leave a huge opportunity in terms of the international market.
1: Well, it is huge, but it has grown dramatically. Um, We in uh, when the 2005 study was done by Purdue, which you were around Mm -hmm. for, uh, it was about eighty. It was about ninety-two percent of the visitors came from the United States. So this year, it was about. eighty seven so we 're up to thirteen point six visitors uh, percent of the visitors who come from outside the united states and what 's been very interesting is the way that it 's growing and If you look at the two thousand and twelve study versus the two thousand and fourteen study, we had two point nine million visitors in two thousand and twelve we had two three point three million visitors in two thousand and fourteen, so it was up by a total of twelve percent more than 50% of that increase came from new international visitors. International visitation was up by 88%. Over the 2012 Uh study. And so the big driver, and everybody would guess this probably, has been China. So in 2012 and previously, China was always at the very bottom of the top 10. And now China is second only to Canada for the number of international visitors that we get. So it's growing, and it's growing mostly because of China.
0: And is that group visitation? Is that individual visitors? How is that working? What are we seeing?
1: You mean specifically from China? From China. Great question, because it's really evolving. Um, five, ten years ago, it was all group because the Chinese were not comfortable traveling on their own because there are very few people here who spoke Mandarin. I mean, depending on where you went, but in the Napa Valley, there are very few people. And so now, though, you see more and more individual travelers or uh, two couples traveling together. So they're getting much more comfortable about coming to the Napa Valley on a leisure basis, not in buses. It used to be all in buses. and And you don't see that nearly as much anymore.
0: And what what portion of your efforts not in percentage but but in terms of just you know manpower what kind of efforts are you putting into getting those international travelers here from China or from anywhere else
1: right so um we put a good deal of effort into it we we just started really in the last 2 3 years to spend very much time on it because we had so much room to improve even in the domestic market and so the board of directors was very clear we're not doing well enough in chicago to worry about you know uh, Madagascar, right. and so, so even now we're really focused. So the, the main places where we uh, spend our money are, are the where the fish are. So it's, it's Canada, it's Australia, it's the U.K., and now more and more it's China. And all of those things, with the exception of Canada, which is so easy to get to, and Mexico is a good market too um, for us, uh, all those we, do, we work with Visit California on because Visit California is, one, our great partner. They're the marketing organization for the whole uh, state of California, and two, they have 13 offices around the world that we don't have. We have one mm-hmm. office in, in Napa Valley. And so just as an example, um, Corby Smith, who's one of our uh, sales and marketing people, who focus, she's the one who focuses on international. And um, Angela um, Jackson, who you know, uh, just went to Ireland and the U.K. to do media and sales visits with uh, potential uh, uh, companies that would send people to the United States and specifically we worked on sending them to the Napa Valley mm-hmm. so we've got a really I think well-designed program to get stronger in the international market and one of the things that to me this growth in international shows it just kind of cements our position as a genuinely internationally known uh, wine destination mm-hmm. and and in the company of the great wines of the world as Mr. Mandavi would have said
0: Talk about how food plays into this. You know, you were talking about Sonoma before and, and the fact that the restaurants there certainly are very different than, than the restaurant scene here. And the restaurant scene here continues to blossom. I had uh, Charlie Palmer on the program uh, a week or so ago right. talking about what he's doing yeah. here. It continues to grow. How much is that a part of what you're putting out there, what you're selling, besides the wine?
1: Huge, although it's not so much of a—it's um, a very well-known part now. Um, one of the things that we put in everything that we uh, have digitally or in print is that, and this is a true statistic, we have more Michelin stars per capita than any other wine region in the world, which is incredible. I, I always like to say that uh, it's amazing because 20 years ago, Michelin didn't know we actually had restaurants in the United <laughs> States. They knew we had cars, so we needed tires and maps, but they didn't know that we uh, even had restaurants. So to have the kind of uh, array of great food is just incredible. And like you said at the very beginning it's not like there's been a master plan or that it's being done by just one individual it's organically happening so that part though now is pretty well known and if you look at what the the things are that people like um, to do most in the Napa Valley it's always uh, wine first and then food is next to that. The things they like about the Napa Valley the most are either the wine first or the natural beauty, which is one of the reasons why we're big supporters of the uh, Ag Preserve, because the beauty is really important to our visitors. So now we're spending more time letting people know that there are uh, things to do in addition to wine and food. So like the art scene has blossomed mm-hmm. so much. You've been a big part of that. It's up in the mid mid. Five to seven uh, spots in terms of what people like about the Napa Valley now. And if you look at the 2005 study from Purdue, arts weren't mentioned at all. Another thing that has really blossomed is nightlife. The the biggest thing that people were disappointed in in the 2005 study was that there was nothing to do after dinner. And now you know we have three living performing arts Mm -hmm. centers, and let's hope we can keep them (laughs) all keep keep keep, alive. Keep them all alive. Exactly. So that, and then the other part is the um, wellness. Uh, aspect of the Napa Valley so from both sides from one hiking and biking people want to have active lifestyles while they're here so the vine trail is a big thing that we talk about and you know we've invested significant amount of money in the vine trail to help make it happen Um, but uh, you know telling people about both a state park or about hiking up Mount St. Helena and and those kind of things, the more relaxing kind of wellness things like uh, going to a spa or playing golf or going up in a hot air balloon or ta- taking um, uh, you know, a, a leisurely bike ride through the town of Yontville. So the, the idea is to show people that there's more than just uh, wine and food in the Napa Valley.
0: What does all of this tell us in terms of age demographics right now? Age
1: demographics have gotten uh, lower, and a big part of that is because of um, – the day trippers, because th- th- those are people now in Silicon Valley and in San right. Francisco who are doing well uh, economically, and so they they're, they're coming up here. So the average uh, age now is about thirty nine years old, which is much lower than it used to be. Yeah, right. and in fact, the um, the sing- if you if you break them into categories, the single largest category coming into the Valley is the millennial category. When you add up all the ones above it. That pushes the average up, but in just one category, the 24 to 35-year-olds is the largest category.
0: We were on the subject of food a minute ago. I want to uh, get you to talk just a little bit about the reconfiguration of flavor in Napa Valley. Mm
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, we've moved Flavor to March because it seems like November is getting pretty busy. It also helps uh, the film festival to have kind of the month of November to itself. So we moved it to the third weekend in March for next year. Um, We've taken the opportunity to uh, kind of reshape who we're working with, so that we're working with a couple of companies out of San Francisco, which is just easier from a logistical standpoint. And uh, they've already done a lot of work in the Napa Valley in the past, especially Mm -hmm. with the CIA, with whom we're still working. And we're still working, of course, with Silverado. Um, But it gives us a chance to kind of try some new programming and see what worked and what didn't work, get more folks involved. Uh, One of the things that I think, and John Evans would be fine with me saying this, uh, the GM at Silverado is, we had so many other things at Silverado, and, and thank goodness for Silverado and for Dolce because they were the main sponsors to get the festival off the ground. But so other lodging entities thought that they didn't have a place for it or that it wouldn't benefit them, and so we're gonna, it's going to be more inclusive and more open, and we'll get you know the same great chefs back, and we'll get the same, same great wineries back, and the vintners are going to be very involved. So I think it's going to be better than ever.
0: I want to talk a little bit about the broader issues here in the Napa Valley and in Napa County, and certainly you've been part of and, and, you know, had a big say in the ongoing discussions about tourism, about events, about winery visitations, and and how all this is going to play out over the next few years, the concerns that, that it's too much, the concerns that, that we're going to hurt the goose that laid the golden egg, and, you know, some pretty serious debates about all of this. Talk a little bit about how that impacts what you're doing in terms of trying to drive more and more visitors here.
1: Right. Um, I think the one thing is to, that we 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 need to work be- better and harder at getting out the message about what we're actually doing because we're we're only working on driving visitors here in times where we have need for them. We're not working on driving visitors here when we're already full. We're also very targeted in what the kind of visitor that we're trying to bring. So that's the reason for the, the focus on groups because they're all weekdays. Our advertising is aimed at the kind of people who love the Napa Valley and respect the Napa Valley when they get here. So one of the things that's been amazing in both of these uh, two studies that we've done in 2012 and 2014, is that about thirty percent of our visitors have um, graduate degrees not have been to graduate school but have graduate degrees there's no other destination in the country maybe yeah. other than Boston that has that kind of uh, demographic so we're we're focused on um, trying to bring in the people who will appreciate the valley and will understand um, the uh, the the delicacy of the valley and we've also worked with the vine trail to Get uh, help put together messaging around uh, ag educations that can go into hotels that can tell people that just because there is no fence around this vineyard doesn't mean that you can go and have a picnic in it and that you've got to res- respect <laughs> those kind of things. But in the bigger picture w- – th- so we're we're going to start a, a community relations effort that talks about the the benefits of tourism, and I think not only are the economic like the one point six two billion dollars that I mentioned before, and the eleven plus thousand jobs directly in tourism. That doesn't even count the jobs that are in the wine business that have to do with tourism, and it doesn't count the ancillary jobs like how many more gas station attendants are you know benefiting when tourists are here. It's only uh, tourism itself. Um, but there are also other kind of softer benefits that tourism brings, like the three um, um, performing arts centers that we just mentioned. They would not be open if visitors weren't here. We would not have the restaurants that we have if visitors were not coming here. It just, it just wouldn't be the case. So there are real benefits to people who live here because visitors are coming here and spending a lot of money and paying a lot of taxes. In 2014, visitors spent about $62 million on taxes so there's a, a – and all that goes to the government. All that money is used for services for locals. So the the locals benefit absolutely from visitors coming here. But on the um, picture of how much is too much, the other thing that I think we really want to get across is th- – there are There are people who write letters to the editor in the register that take like one year of of data and extrapolate that for twenty years and that 's just not the way it works in the real right. world um in two thousand and five we had four point seven million visit- visitor days, which means if there were if there's a visitor here for 2 days that's 2 visitor days so and then in 2014 we had 5.5 million so that was an increase of 17% over 9 years which means that it was less than 2% per year people in the register are saying that it's going to be 20% mm, yeah. it's going to be the same 12% that it was the last two years every year going forward and it just doesn't work like that because there are economic downturns just like there were in 2009 that happens so one of the things is we got to get good messaging out to the community so that they understand what's happening but i think we're also really responsible now in terms of getting involved in things like affordable housing which is the biggest thing that contributes uh, to traffic because it's mostly employed who come into the valley who can't afford to live here and so we're engaged in the affordable housing thing we're engaged in the APAC the agricultural um, uh, protection committee that the county put together we have a seat on our on from our board on that and I'm an alternate on that Um, so We're we're involved in protecting the agricultural preserve because we believe in that tremendously. Like I said before, it's one of the most important things for our visitors to keep the valley beautiful. Um, And one of the things that's great, and this is the reality at least of what visitors think, is when they were asked an open-ended question, what would enhance your experience in the Napa Valley? The vast majority of people put nothing, it's perfect or it's great as is. And then the first one that did come up though was traffic, but that was less than 5% of the people who wrote that in. More than 40% said they loved it exactly like that. And again, that was a optional write-in thing. So we're, we're definitely, we're very engaged in the vine trail because we love the idea that that's car-free travel and that it's healthy for people and that it gives people people another option besides being on, unfortunately, uh, really fast uh, roads like Highway 29 and Silverado Trail, Uh so... It's, it's, there's much more involvement on our part in the community and in those kind of issues than I ever expected that we would have.
0: I know you've been working hard, you touched on this a moment ago, to let locals know the benefits, not only the economic benefits, right. which you just delineated, but all the restaurants, all the places, the live events. I mean, all right. of that accrues to the benefit of locals as well.
1: It does, absolutely, and that's one of the things that we like about like Arts in April. Arts in April is great for visitors, but it's also fantastic for, for for locals to go see these new art installations at wineries or at hotels and to meet the artists or to see, you know, an artist painting and, and those kind of things. And the Vine Trail is great for everybody in the Napa Valley, whether they're visiting or whether they're not visiting. So it, the, our idea is that if we can do and, – and everybody on our team lives in the Napa Valley. So our idea is that if we can do things that are good for the locals and good for visitors, then we're, we're happy.
0: Clay Gregory, visit Napa Valley. I thank you so much, as always, for coming in and sharing some of this with us. My great pleasure.
1: Thanks for having us. Appreciate it.
0: You're listening to NapaBroadcasting.com.